excuse ourselves to see Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with internationally active jazz vocalist, composer, and educator Esther Wiesnerova. She is based in Slovakia, and she just released a visually stunning debut CD that has a wonderful audio collective. The new 2022 CD, The Blue Journal, it includes 11 original compositions written for a unique quintet, including harp and percussion. The compositions unfold somewhere between folk and contemporary jazz. She was first discovered on The Voice of Czechoslovakia, a television singing competition, before beginning her professional career. She is a strong believer in music as a tool for social change. She organized concerts in prisons and homeless shelters, taught a homeless women's choir, and co-led regular workshops for teenagers in psychiatric hospitals. She has a fascinating story. Enjoy. Hey, thank you for taking a minute out for Neon Jazz today. I appreciate it. Of course. I'm glad to be here. So, I have been doing this show... For 11 years, I've done 750 episodes, almost 2,000 interviews, and I have never, ever seen a CD the way your CD came through to me. It was one of the most visually stunning, impressive packaging pieces of music that I've ever seen. Oh, Joe, that means a lot. Thank you. Yeah, and it was it's wonderful. I'm I, you know, I kind of moonlight as a poet myself, so and I take pictures all the time. I could just feel what a wonderful concept to to package all of that together along with the music to make such a good artistic statement. Yeah, I've, I'm hoping that, you know, especially in a country like Slovakia, where people are not that accustomed to jazz, that the visual will help them absorb and understand the music a little better. How is Slovakia doing today? <laughs> Always good. I just got here from Germany. You're talking to someone from the middle of America here. I've never been over there before. I'm curious what the jazz scene is like, what the music scene is like, and how it enticed you to get into music. So the classical music scene is, is very strong here. I wouldn't say it's such for, for the jazz scene. So how I got into music uh, was through my mother, who is a singer-songwriter and was very active, especially in the Soviet era, and writing you know, all of these protest songs and spiritual songs, pretty much anything that um, uh, was kind of dangerous at that time. And yes, yeah, so we're listening to her records. She also had some jazz and gospel records. Um, I got into, into jazz and uh, improvisation. Speaking of protest songs in Russia and everything that's going on, it's almost as though we're entering another era of that kind of, as we referred here out west, but the Cold War. Um, what's kind of the general mood and feeling going on? Oh, it's, it's, I mean, I need to say um, I'm very proud and honestly a little bit surprised by how, how well I feel Slovakia has handled the situation and really supported uh, you know, quite a big amount of refugees who, who got here because we were in neighboring Ukraine. Yeah, I feel like the, you know, we're scared, I think, as, as most countries around, but I also feel like people are really stepping out of their comfort zone um, to help all the people coming in, and, and I'm really proud of that. Well, if I can offer any words of encouragement from my perspective as an American here in the middle of, of America, you know, we felt... Not probably in the same way, but we felt an overwhelming fear when we thought Donald Trump was going to get reelected, like absolute cold fear. And I can tell you, with the amount of countries and support around the world 
that are supporting Ukraine and going against the rhetoric that's coming out of the Kremlin. I can tell you the fact that we elected Joe Biden and Trump didn't get in and the fact that you, there's so much unilateral support for Ukraine, I think that this may be another example of good defeating evil in the world. I do feel that way, and I'm really glad it's turning out this way because it wasn't so clear, especially at the beginning of the conflict. Uh, but it really seems like, you know, the world is pretty much uniting with Ukraine, uh, which is really, really beautiful and uh, slightly unexpected even to me. And exactly, as you said, like a, a statement that there's still some good in the, in yeah. the world. Uh, you know. the, yeah, the evil will, you know, hopefully go away. So what I want to know from you is, how did this journey to this debut album begin for you? Did you always feel as though it was going to be a journal that was going to be so well put together. How did all of this kind of happen to fruit to become what it is now? So the songs uh, have kind of been writing themselves over the past nearly five years. While I was traveling quite a lot um, for for work and for my music and for my musical studies to the U.S. and Asia, I lived in India for a little bit, and you know all of this was was really wonderful. Looking back, I kind of started losing a sense of, of my own culture and who I really was in the middle of all that because I kind of adopted a little bit of each of those uh, cultures. And I was writing about all of that as it was happening, you know, not, not realizing that it's happening as, you know, we humans you know, usually don't in the moment, only in retrospect. I always wanted to uh, do, do an album, I mean, I think like for the past three or, or four years, I knew I had enough material. And as I was looking at all of these songs, I realized that they really feel like you know, my kind of personal search for for who I am. And uh, it became so relevant, especially during COVID. And I really felt like so many people were on that same journey and on that same search with me. Uh, but I just wanted to encourage them to, to think about these things and to maybe hear about my journey and hope that it would um, help them in, in their own. And that's how Blue Journal uh, came about, I mean, the, the idea of the journal, because I was thinking about how to make this interactive, you know, how to make make the listener um, think deeper and really take time to listen to the music, because so many people nowadays don't really take uh, take the time to just listen, you know, they do it while they do someone else, and I mean, I do it myself sometimes. But I really wanted to kind of force them to take that time and to have something where they can write their thoughts and something visual as well so that they create the album themselves, like they're co-creators of their own album they have at home. And that was really the, the idea behind it. And you have a wonderful Grammy award-winning engineer, Ollie Romo, that's on here. That had to just add to what you were creating. Exactly. So uh, that was very magical because uh, all I heard some of the music to be quite frank, since I'm a beginner artist, I could never afford what what he does and his amazing services, but he just said he will do it in kind because he loves the music uh, so much. So so that was really, really um, special for me. So much goodwill going into this. I mean, what a beautiful presentation. You got a, a wonderful engineer. I mean, it just seems like this is quite a <laughs> magical beginning to your debut album career. It does, and I hope it continues that way. <laughs> <laughs> As the world has been going through COVID for the last couple of years, very few live shows, I'm curious, you know, we all had a lot of extra time to be with ourselves and to reflect on our lives. What did you learn about yourself over this last two years that maybe you didn't realize before 
that will make you that much stronger as you promote this debut album? Well, I would take need need to take a little more time to answer this properly. I think, uh, but just the first idea that comes to mind is that you know it's not always about the the hustle and like feeling like um, I need to you know get in touch with this many people and do this much music. Like um, I think I started focusing more on quality rather than quantity. That's the best that's the best way to put it. And to really choose what I put my time and energy into and. And to really go deep and to take the most most out of it rather than kind of spread myself uh, thin. The other thing that, you know, America loves and has loved for a long time is the American Idol and that kind of uh, singing competition on TV. And you won the voice of Czechoslovakia. Talk to me a little bit about how all of that happened and what it did for you. So this happened when I was 16, so, you know, more than uh, 10 years ago. And uh, what it did for me was that I realized I don't belong to the showbiz and pop culture world. <laughs> I think that was the biggest thing, honestly. Yeah, because I felt like a product most of the time, and uh, I didn't really have a good experience with the press either. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm really glad I tried it. I think if I didn't do it, I, I would not know this i would know that it's not for me and maybe i would keep you know keep trying uh, pursuing that but pretty much after the voice i just knew that uh, i am doing jazz and this is not that's not my world you know it's interesting you say that because you know somebody that covers jazz you know i've been in other journalistic realms i've done other things i have never met a more grounded humble intelligent and emotionally uh, secure group of people like jazz musicians are. It's a very wonderful group. Do you feel like that? I think so. Largely, yes. I mean, that would have to make you feel a little bit... I mean, I don't know. I I just... I sometimes, as an interviewer, reporter, kind of get, you know, what are you going to ask? And I don't, I don't get into surprise journalism and all of that. I kind of view our conversations like you would, like craft a set you know jazz is improv you want people to feel good that's that's the way it should be i think that's the way an interview should be so i'm sure coming from that other world of pop and kind of bigger things there's a lot more surprise that goes into that definitely and a lot lot more you know maybe taking out of context or kind of boxing people according to their character or yeah it just, it wasn't a very nice world for me yeah who were some of your influences growing up you know i don't I'm I'm curious. Growing up in Slovakia, like what what kind of jazz influences did you get? What motivated you to want to become a jazz singer? So I think what influenced me is actually very very unusual, and then most most Slovaks didn't have access to to such music because again, my mom was collecting all of these records, you know, illegally, like she had access to them. So we had Joan Baez, and we had you know Johnny Mitchell, so some songwriters. We had Mahalia Jackson, you know, some gospel. Um, she listened also to a lot of uh, traditional Latin American music from all kinds of regions, which was another interesting influence there. And as for traditional jazz, I think I only encountered um, Ella Fitzgerald around the age of like 12 or, or 13, which is when I was already uh, interested a little bit uh, in jazz. And I just went down the YouTube hole. Uh, and you know, discover Saravon and Billie Holiday and all the all the greats, and that's where I really started, you know, with singing 
standards and uh, transcribing, not knowing that that's what I'm doing is called transcribing. You know, I just re repeated what I heard. Yeah, so I think those were the influences. What was the first live jazz show you ever saw that really blew you away and made you think, wow, that's, that's wonderful? You know, it was the Chris Byers Quartet, which is a, who is a local New York musician, and they were performing at the American Embassy in Slovakia. And I very much remember that and loved it and loved the, the freedom and the, the energy it has. I remember I never, I've never seen anything like that before. Talk to me a little, I know you said you came from Germany, and have you spent some time in the States, in New York? Talk to me a little bit about where you've kind of been in your career. Yeah, so it started off in uh, Slovakia until, until I was 18, which is when I uh, went to U.S. to attend Berkeley. I was pretty much in the States for, for about four years until I finished my degree, and then uh, I got some offers, you know, to, to teach in India, as I mentioned, you know, so that was, I was uh, for India for four months. Uh, then I toured uh, in China and in South America, so that was also about a month, a month each for those tours. Came back to the U.S. for a little bit, finished my master's in jazz composition this time at the New England Conservatory. Uh, lived in New York while studying in Boston at the New England Conservatory, which was an amazing adventure, but not one I would want to repeat with all the commuting. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's about it, you know, and then different places in Europe, I mean, just for concerts or like small tours. Were there any plans for you to stay in America or did COVID make it something where you wanted to come back to your homeland? How did that work for you? I, I was always uh, dreaming of coming back home to Slovakia and to start the first school of um, jazz and contemporary music here. I think really since, since I left, you know, maybe since I was 17 or 18. So I, I knew I eventually I'd like to go back, but I definitely didn't plan to do it uh, this quickly. So what happened pretty much is that COVID hit, I was still finishing up my master's. I finished it online in May 2020 already uh, from Slovakia. And yeah, in the beginning of the pandemic, it just felt right for me to, to return because no one really knew what this is and, you know, I wanted to be with my family and, and in times like that. And then uh, my visa expired, and you know all the there were other like legal issues uh, to that made it impossible or very difficult for me to to come back at this point. So I'm here for now, and I may return at some point in the next few years. What do you like the best about being a professional musician? What is it that motivates you every day to do what you do? That music changes lives <laughs> and changes how how humans see the world. That's it for me. And whenever I see that happen, and I see it happen over and over again, uh, that's it for me. That's why I do it. Let's say you come to Kansas City, and you want, and you perform with your group, and you have to promote this show. You have to explain, like on a social media post, what a live show would be like, and why somebody in Kansas City should come see you. What would you say? Um, because they will be able to, to rest, and I mean, <laughs> that's really hard, that's a hard question. <laughs> I usually I think about my social media posts for about an hour, it's uh, kind of hard to put it out like this. I mean, I would like to claim, you know, that they leave the show in a very different state of mind that they entered, and if they want to calm their mind down, and if they want to hear live interaction on the stage and uh, 
hear, you know, sensitive, relatable music, that, then that's it. But I would probably put it into much better words if I spent some time thinking about it. Yeah, no, <laughs> I like that. No, I, I think that's great. Um, so why do you love jazz? Because it's interactive. And that's the main thing. If you could get into a time machine and go back in time and see anybody mm-hmm. in the world of jazz live, who are you going to go see? Ella Fitzgerald. <laughs> Where at? Oh, wow. <laughs> this is getting very specific. I'd like to actually see her somewhere in Europe and see how the European audience uh, responded at that time to her. That's interesting. I don't have a specific city. You know, now that the world's waking up, you have an album coming out and you can promote it live. People are going to see live shows. I know it's happening more and more here in America. What do you hope we all realize about the power of live music as we get back to it? That it can can change just who we are and how we respond to each other, and that it brings it awakens this human essence uh, in us in some way uh, that was kind of difficult to channel during during the pandemic. And I think anyone who sees a live show after after a long time really really feels that, that there's just something being awakened that wasn't there before for such a long time. Hey, thank you for taking some time out. Thank you for the music. Good luck with everything as the world opens up. Thank you so much, Joe. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest minds and players and singers in Germany, Slovakia, Kansas City, and spots all over the globe, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Esther for her time, music, and stories. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino in the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. And finally, for everything Joe Domino related, go to joedomino.com. And if you feel like it, you can kick in a few bucks to the Neon Jazz cause. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. But deep inside, I'm even more thirsty. Neon Jazz.